Welcome to the King Rock Podcast with your host, Billy Beans. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the King Rock Podcast, and we have a special guest uh, on today. Uh, we've had a couple special guests on this last couple weeks, but this one is a, man, pretty crazy. We have uh, one of the actors from Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. That's where you guys would probably only know him for. Everyone give it up for Steve Caballero. Hello. Hello. How you doing? How's it going, Billy? Good, man. Good, good. I, I'm I, good. <laughs> yeah, man. 1987, cool. huh? The Police Academy movie. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a great experience. Um, Stacy Peralta actually lined that up uh, with some movie movie people, and he was doing a lot of films at that time and a lot of commercials, and and we ended up they wanted some skateboarders um, to be in the scene, so um, we got hired to go to vancouver canada to shoot night scenes for that whole sequence that's pretty cool man david spade is in it and uh i mean they actually had a pretty good cast for like a a number four sequel you know but, yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah come on everyone you guys you guys know who steve caballero is uh skate he's been a legendary skateboarder since the the early 80s maybe even the 70s i would say uh i mean 1999 got labeled um, the skater of the century, which is insane. Um, he's in bands. He's an artist. He does it all. He's, a, he's like a renaissance man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to have you on, man. I've been a fan since I was just a young little dude, like four or five years old. So <laughs> this is pretty cool. Sweet. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. And I, 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 you do a lot of um, interviews where you talk about skating a lot. So I think we maybe we could like gear it towards a little bit more um, like music and art, if that's cool with you. Yeah, I'm always at, you know, at the mercy of the interviewer. <laughs> right what on. they want to know. I'm just here to give you information. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, I saw um, during the Bones Brigade interviewed uh, during the documentary, uh, Rodney Mullen had said that you guys pretty much created your own language. And then seeing you on the, the Wolf versus Hawk podcast, if anyone doesn't know anything about skateboarding, they wouldn't have any clue of what you guys were talking about, man. Because <laughs> it was just basically your own language. It was really kind of something cool to like listen to. Well, yeah, man. A lot of the, the, the things that we do are based on maneuvers that were invented and they all have names to them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's with any kind of sport or any kind of, uh, activity, um, things get labeled. So we kind of understand what they are and skaters are very creative and funny in a certain way. So a lot of the names are, 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 are pretty weird, Yeah, you know, <laughs> not, you know, and it's not so much the language, but it's how we view the world mm -hmm. differently because when we, are traveling down a street or something and we have skateboarding on our mind, we'll look at things differently than a normal person because that's not on their mind of like, how could we be creative on this obstacle or this building or this landscape? And, you know, that's where the, uh, the sense of an artist comes in hand when, it be, when you're a skater because you're looking at your surroundings, you know, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, you're a, a team sport player, um, you know, baseball, basketball, and you're not driving around like, oh, how could I like use this yeah. for like a 
something that has to do with football or baseball. Yeah. How can I score so, a touchdown on that curb right there? <laughs> you know? Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you know, uh, skateboarding is art and everyone has their individual style and, and what they have to offer to the sport. And, uh, and it just keeps, it's like endless, you know, it's like our minds can go in so many different places. And um, when a lot of people are very passionate about the sport and what they do, their mind starts wandering. And then everything that we do or have done in skateboarding has, has started from a dream or a thought of the possibility of something happening and uh, just us being very stubborn and persevered through mistakes. We've been able to become successful at a few things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, a lot of skaters, even to today um, are influenced by other skateboarders, uh, whether it's an age thing or, um, you know, even like, now, when I see like the female skateboarding um, group, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they're able to inspire each other because they see other females when that was a very tough for them over the years when because it, it just took a few to be passionate enough to be able to continue and to fight through, you know, the pressures of what what people thought of them yeah you know i think uh that even that tony hawk game like really like even having like a lisa steamer on there you know i think that kind of gave women more like oh my god look at there's a woman skateboarder on a video game like that i think that kind of started a lot of it well i mean there's there's always been women skaters but yeah i mean throughout the time like even through the venice locals and all that but um yeah just yeah i've heard a lot of um women talk about oh wow like i saw that i saw lisa steamer on there and now i I realized i could do it and like there was actually a character for me to actually play in a video game so yeah pretty cool and so it's very relatable and it just takes one person believing in themselves um to make things happen you know and that's just life it's just life itself so you know a bummer bummer part about life is there's a lot of self-doubt Mm-hmm. you know, what a person's capable of. And sometimes that's influenced by your surroundings, uh, your parents that you grew up or, or, or just the people in your community uh, t- telling you that, you know, you're not good enough. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, man. And that's a the thing with the skater mentality. It's always been like, um, how when am I going to accomplish this? Not really. Or like, when and how am I going to accomplish this? Not if or 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 can I do it? It's always been like a can-do attitude, but uh, it's just a lot of repetition and like fighting through, and it's that's that's crazy. That's a it's a lot. I a lot of friends growing up, I like I couldn't even explain it to my other friends because I you know play soccer, hockey, football, all that, and you can't explain it to them. But that you know, like you have that mentality. I had the mentality as a skater playing other sports, like you know, oh, I I will be able like when I'll be able to like have my slap shot over 80 miles an hour or you know et cetera mm-hmm. et cetera but like a lot of uh other athletes couldn't really like contemplate that but when skaters are sitting there doing the same trick over and over they, you know just repetition repetition just br- like just killing yourself over it too man it's it's insane yeah you definitely have to you definitely learn a lot of patience when it comes to skateboarding and then just some people are just more patient yeah. than others you know and 
I always say the definition of patience is long suffering. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And some, some people just aren't willing to suffer as much as another person. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not a very patient person. I'm, I, I suffer very hard. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so what came first? Did you start skating first or were, were you like doing art first or music? Um, well, I'd probably say I was doing art first because as a kid, you're mm-hmm. always kind of scribbling with pencils or playing with crayons, yeah. you know, in school. Um, so art has always been something that was on, on my heart. But I didn't really get into art like seriously until like around 2005 okay. when I wanted to actually start um, doing galleries and, and participating in, in group art shows with other skateboarders. Um, but I, you know, I always kind of did it on the side just for fun, you know. Um, but skating to me became a, a really strong passion in 76. And then I turned pro in 1980, and then once I turned pro and started making money, then I felt like that was my profession. Yeah, that I, you know, came came to be as it. You know, at first it was just a fad; it was something I did for fun, and then I got serious about it because I felt like it was something I could excel in mm-hmm. very well. And so, from that, from being a skateboarder and learning tricks and learning uh, what it took to be good at it. I've always just kind of applied that to everything else that um, I have in my life. And so it just seems to work, you know, Um, skateboarding um, teaches you to fail, to succeed. And whatever you're trying, doesn't matter what you want to be good at. You have to fail a lot of times before you can be successful. And I know that takes time. So hours in, hours out, you know, eventually the more time you put into something, the better you're going to be at it. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll discover how to make less mistakes, you know, and that's where wisdom comes in. And so, you know, if anything, if I was, you know, to tell my, you know, childhood self what it takes to be great at something is um, time, you know, perseverance, mm-hmm. dedication. And so now as an adult, I try to share that with people around me and let them know that. I don't believe in natural talent. I feel that talent comes at hand when you put the work in. And, you know, people will will argue that point with me and be like, well, I, I feel like some people work harder than others mm-hmm. or work just the same. I go, no, that's not true. You don't know the person dealing with the pressures, the anxieties of uh, accomplishing anything. You know, everyone's are each individual. They know themselves. They know how much they're going to effort they're going to put into it and i know how much effort i put into what i did my whole life you know and it's just you know it's it's kind of sad because you know people will 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 say like oh you know what's it like to never have a 9 to 5 job yeah and i'd be like i've had a 24/7 job yeah you know you know maybe i didn't clock in like the normal person that has a routine of getting to a place of work but um my work is different you know my mind yeah. is always going always thinking of the next move you know what can i do to be creative today what can i do to be progressive what could i do to accomplish something yeah. you know and it changes daily with me it depends on who i'm hanging out with 
depends on what I start to get passionate about. Like, you know, whether it's art, whether it's music, writing a song, adding to a song that our group is working on to like one day waking up point like, oh, I want to go to the, the ramp and I want to try to learn a new trick or relearn old tricks. I mean, it changes daily for me. So yeah. that's why my plate's pretty full. And um, I'm always have something to do. Yeah. So most most notably, you've been in, um, in a lot of bands um, throughout the years, and uh, I would say Faction is probably the Faction has probably been the most famous out of those groups. I mean, Urethane right now, I think you guys are killing it, dude. I I can't be even like more stoked on this band. Like, I I can't wait for. I would just want more music. <laughs> I want more music like all the time. But um, yeah, so you guys put out. Um, you guys put out an EP, uh, or not an EP, you put out a full length in 2021 on Cyber, Cyber Tracks called Chasing Horizons. Uh, that's, that's a killer album, dude. It's like Thanks. each song is a banger, dude. Like every song is good. There's, not a, there's no filler on that whole album. Oh, cool. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, that, a lot of that, that work is our singer, Tim's mm-hmm. um, and soul. And, you know, we, we formed Urethane with... Um, within uh covid when covid was really really rampant yeah and people were just kind of hiding out and people weren't going out and gathering and and we were stuck in our studio um writing songs and you know um building this band together so when it did finally surpass uh the fact that people were able to go out and hang out we already had songs written uh, ready to record and we were ready to play. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, COVID actually was a positive thing for this band because it, it gave us an outlet to, and a, a lot of time to focus and write and, and create this band. Um, and then, so once, once all that ended, we got the ball rolling. We just started booking whatever we could. And mm-hmm. one, one thing fell on to the other. And the great thing about this band that we started um, started with me and the singer because mm-hmm. I was looking for a singer for another band and found him. The current current band that I was in wasn't really stoked on his voice, yeah. And so I left the band and joined, you know, with Tim. Okay. And then uh, we found a uh, found a drummer. We were a three piece for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Dylan. He used to play for the Bomb Pops. Okay. And then. Um, after about six months, I was like, oh man, I, I feel like I want to play guitar because I played yeah. bass. Yeah. I want to keep it a three piece, keep it really small. And, uh, Tim said, yeah, why don't you, why don't you pick up the bass? I mean, I uh, pick up the guitar and, 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 and play with me. And so, um, we found Chad. And Chad was a singer for Skipjack, and he really wanted to be a part of this project that we were doing. Um, I think eventually he wanted to play guitar, mm-hmm. but then um, Tim said, "Yeah, you can be in the band, but um, you're gonna you're gonna play bass." And he's all, "Yeah." So uh, <laughs> That's cool. with that with that said, you know, Chad's been in the industry for a long time since the late nineties mm-hmm. and um, he's been playing music his whole life, and so he's got a lot of connections with a lot of. Uh, those pop punk bands and he's played with a lot of them, you yeah. know? Uh, so he's the one that actually ended up getting us the record deal, the chasing horizons. And, oh, cool. 
And so we put that album out under Cybertrax, which is owned by uh, El Jefe from No Effects mm-hmm. and his ex-wife. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they got I, they have a uh, they have the implants for a while. They had Pulley. It's pretty pretty badass label, dude. Yeah, it it worked out because I think they were they were trying to revamp. Yeah. Uh, Pepe and 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 Jen Jennifer, who's you know pretty much the head of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to revamp Cybertrack, so we were a perfect opportunity to get their the ball rolling again with them. Yeah, um, and they paid for our recording, and they 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 set us up with an amazing producer named Cameron Webb. Oh yeah, Cameron's who, amazing. Yeah, in turn, like I didn't even know who he was, and I didn't really uh, have the experience of working with with a producer with all the other bands that I have been in. Yeah. you know, like with Action, we just kind of recorded it ourselves yeah. and. And we mixed and mastered it all ourselves. Um, we never hired a producer, um, so I didn't really understand yeah. what that that did. But after this experience, I, I realized how important Cameron Webb is to the band, our sound. Yeah. Um, he really worked us. Really, you know, brought out the best of us. Yeah, as musicians, and he gave us some really solid ideas to help you know enhance the songs. So I remember <clears throat> going into the studio with not that much mm-hmm. um, material going in, but as we were recording, I was writing my guitar parts in there, and I came out with a lot of melodic things uh, that I never even thought about going in. Um, and so that really helped shape the sound of the album, and I ended up singing a lot more than I thought I was going to, um, just trying stuff out. Um, so that's, that has given me a lot of confidence with backing vocals as well, um, with the band. And so we did that album, you know, last year and we're at now, right now we're currently working on a new one. We just released, a um, a, a two song, seven inch, um, 45 called dog years. Um, we have some guest um, players in, in one of the songs. Yeah. Brenna Red, Red, right? <laughs> yeah. Brenna Red. Yeah. From Last Gang, And then um, Matt Hensley from uh, Blindfold Monks, Monks and uh, Flog and Molly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I worked with um, The Last Gang. I did their um, their album cover, the, la- the Keep Them Counting. Yep. And I kind of kind of got them hooked up with Fat a little bit, Fat Records. So. Awesome. Yeah, I got to go on tour with them on their first tour. It was like the coolest fucking thing, man. It was like they went on tour for the Punk and Drublick tour, and it was Bad Religion. No effects, yeah. The interrupters uh, and Mad Caddies. I mean, it was pretty mm-hmm. awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm stoked well, for that. Like, we would like to get uh, we would like to get hooked up with Fat Records too. So if you can put in a word, <laughs> I, I mean, I do, you guys have a better word than I do. I actually got lucky. I I name dropped Stacy D, which was kind of a uh, it didn't go well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Because uh, me, I was talking I with Stacy, and I was telling her, you know, like, dude, how badass is this band? And she was like, you know, they're really good. And I was like, well, what do you think? Should I send them to Fat? And she goes, yeah, I mean, you, it's worth a shot, you know. Send them an email. Next thing you know, like four or five months later, and then that didn't turn out. It was like Stacy called me up. How could you drop my name like that? And I was like, I got nervous. <laughs> I just, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, anything like that. And. I mean, whatever. It's all cool now, you know. Like everyone's happy, everyone's friends, and all that. So, 
Yeah. And now you got Brenna on your song, which is fucking cool. And uh, that song's killer, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was Chad. That song was Chad's idea, our bass player. Yeah. He, uh, it's an old folk song that he turned into a punk song. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's funny that you say Stacey. She was my first choice of singing on that. <laughs> oh, really? She was gonna. She was gonna be. Oh yeah, but she didn't have time, uh, and yeah. I think she was busy. So um, Cameron Webb um, recommended um, Brenna. Brenna. That's cool, man. That's cool how that works. <laughs> Yeah, Stacey D's always busy, yeah, so man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that song came out great, man. It's very folksy. I could tell that there's a definite folk influence. I mean, then you got you got Matt on there. I mean, that that definitely even adds the flavor to more, the more folk uh, type yeah. sound on there. But it's killer. Yeah, and it's you know it's really fun being able to include your friends and other musicians that are are famous. You mm-hmm. know, so like. Um, yeah, you had Jim on the know, first I, I album, right? A, Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We had him um, sing vocals on uh, the song "Inheritance," mm-hmm. and then um, we had Toby Morris. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, have just, uh, guest vocals on one of um, our other songs. Dude, that song is well. killer. Both those. I mean, the whole album is really good, but it, it's so crazy to hear Toby on that man. It sounds so good, like. I wonder if he got the. I wonder if he got the itch to come back a little bit, maybe start playing again, because it sounded good. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're on tour. Are they really? I think, okay, I think so. Or they're going on tour. Um, That's killer. Yeah, they are because we're gonna may, may we might see them in Europe. I okay. Think. Yeah, I like how you guys named that the Euro yeah, Euro Euro tour or whatever the <laughs> Eurovision tour, or Eurothane tour. Uh, like Euro, E-Y-E-W-R-O, yeah. God, E-U-R-O. I can't spell it right now, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool, dude. That, yeah, you guys got that coming up in, when do you guys have the Euro Tour coming up? Because I see, um, I know in October on, you have, uh, what's it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. We leave on the 27th Okay. of this month. Wow. And I'm, it, I'm right now trying to get my passport yeah. um, renewed. And that's been kind of a, a hectic thing for uh, getting into the embassy to get it, you know, because uh, I didn't know, but you can't have an expired passport that expires like within like three months and mine expires in two. So oh. they're already giving me a little hassle getting on the plane and my passport's not even expired yet so i'm oh, trying dude. now friday i'm gonna make my first phone call in the morning try to get an appointment keep calling every day until um a week before and then try to call a week before and and try to get in there i have everything to renew it i just uh the problem is there's so many people trying to get passports because of what the covid did mm-hmm. thing yeah did and uh everyone travel now that it's been flooded and they don't have enough workers to make stuff happen so um you know i told the band i go you may be going over to europe as a three-piece oh man you know if i don't get my pack or you know i wouldn't mind if they just had someone else fill in for me oh that sucks dude it happens you know i i i should have thought about it about a year ago to try to get my passport (laughs) done but you know, you don't think about those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just excited to go on tour, man. <laughs> I get that. 
Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I didn't I thought people would hassle you if your passport is actually expired. Not, yeah. oh, well, your passport's going to expire. Yeah. So you can't you can't come, you know. Oh, dude, that's brutal. And then how long? I mean, how long does, is the tour even? Uh, it's, it's for two and a half weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're, does your passport expire during that time or is it past that time? It expires in October. Oh, and we're dude. back uh, August. We're back August 11th. Oh, and they won't what? let me fly. Are you serious? That's crazy. <laughs> that doesn't make any so sense, weird. man. Yeah. It doesn't, to be honest with you. You should just have all your fans call in. <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not really sweating it. It's whatever. Yeah. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'm at the age. I don't really care about that stuff at, that much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool that you guys got some more music coming up, man. Is uh, any any release dates or anything like that? Um, we're gonna go back into the studio around, around December, January. Okay. I, 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 we're back into Cameron, and hopefully, we have 12, 12 more songs by then. We've been trying to crank out new music uh every time we practice um and so you know it's 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 a bit of a process because now we're starting from scratch kind of uh because when we wrote the first album a lot of songs were pretty much already had ideas through tim Mm -hmm. uh through a a solo project that he was doing now we're just kind of like starting from scratch as far as writing new music <clears throat> so we, uh, I have some ideas. Chad has ideas. Tim has ideas. So we're just all trying to work together as a team, you know. And then, you know, bands. I mean, it's really tough, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you're not always on the same page. Yeah. Some people like, you know, like faster songs. Some people like slower songs. Yeah. Um, so it's a give and take. Uh, what. I mean, you got four members in the band yep. having their own opinions and own ideas, what they want to see happen. Yeah. And um, so it's 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 tricky. It's yeah. like having four cooks it's, well, it's in like the kitchen. It's like you know? you're married to four different people. Like, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> you are. Yeah, you're married to it's four different people and everyone's got their own schedules. They have their own lives. And then you got to like bring it all together. It's like people don't realize how hard it is. And then, like you said, like you put out the first album and then usually when a band put out, puts out their first album, it's usually one or two people writing most of the stuff. And then when it's like the next couple albums, everyone else is like, hey, man, I got a song, too. I want to chip in. And then hopefully that goes it goes smoother. But it's yeah, it's tough, man, because everyone you know like oh we already got this sound going too you know we already have the urethane sound you know who knows like there's so i get it man there's so many different especially when we're older you know when when we're like 17 i can't imagine that it was so much easier to just play in a band but now it's like people have kids people have to drop off their kids to school they have to work most people have to work (laughs) like it, and then just like especially our age and then trying to put a band together trying to go out on the road trying to practice trying to write songs it's almost impossible yeah everybody else besides me have I actually have a nine to five job they clock into yeah um two two of the members in our band are married yeah um so me and chad 
who aren't married, we have kids, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not married. Um, and then, you know, Dylan and Tim are married, so they have wives. Um, so, yeah, just balancing that out. But I think most of it is the uh, getting around the constructive criticism of, you know, how we want a song to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the more that you're around these people, the more comfortable you are around letting them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you start dealing with the personalities of yeah. each person and what one person can take and what what one person can't, you know, yeah. when it comes to have having an opinion or um, just cr- trying to create a project together and, and learning how to deal with, you know, constructive criticism. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, that's, I, and, and you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough, but it's been working. I, uh, the thing I love about this band is the fact that everyone's very serious about it and they're very professional and we don't have a, you know, any flakes in our band or drug addicts or people with a lot of drama. So that helps erase all that time wasted, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, we're able to be very productive with what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and you guys have had like, I mean, you guys jumped right in there, man. Like right on to like big festivals, killer shows, headlining shows. I mean, the first time I went to go see you guys, I think it was at a punk and Drublick down mm-hmm. in San Diego. And um, so when you're a photographer, what's up? You got up early that day. We opened, so you got up really early that day. Oh, I did. I, I, oh, so I um, helped out Punk Rock Saves Lives that day too. I had to like go stop in Anaheim from Pomona, go and then drop off a bunch of like documents to them. But I got there early because I'm a photographer, so there's always a problem with the photo pass. So I Mm -hmm. get there, they're not letting me in. And you guys go on, you guys are already on. Because they don't, yeah. oh, they don't even open the lines until like the opening band goes on. This is stupid, and I know. I'm I'm sitting there yelling at the guy, like, "Come <laughs> on, man! I got a photo pass." And then they're like, "Well, what? I don't understand what a photo pass is." And I'm like, "Oh my god, man! Yeah, yeah. Like, please just let me go watch this band. I just want to go. The first band is really the only reason I'm here. And then I, I mean, it's like I might as, <laughs> I might as well stay with all the other bands playing, but." But just hearing you guys, I was yeah. like, oh, dude, these the sound was killer that day, too. You guys sounded great. And then you guys cover one Thank of my you. favorite songs, Anything, Anything by Drama Rama. And I was I was stoked <laughs> to hear that. And I, I had a band at the same time. And that's the that was our cover song. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess we're not covering that one anymore. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that one yeah. actually has been a really good hit for us. Uh so we have a couple cover songs that we do. That's one of them. Yeah. We play a Misfits song okay. as well. Um, Eagles Dare. We're Eagles oh, Dare. Yeah, yeah. We play a McRad song from the Old Pal videos. Oh, wow. Um, we also play uh, No Use for a Name. Oh, dude. That's like one of my favorite bands ever. <laughs> it's No Use and Bob Marley. It's Redemption Song. Oh, Redemption Song. song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a couple covers under our belt that we, we, we jam out every once in a while. Yeah, that's cool. And then usually during the drama rama, you guys have like guests come up, right? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if they're around and people, and it's pretty easy 
song to play on oh, bass. It's the so we, easiest. We have. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy, I mean, it's only four chords. So. Yeah, if I can play it, it's easy. <laughs> and I, can, I I've been jamming that one for a long time. So, but um, let me um, can I take a stab at how you guys got your name? Um, so is that it was, is it from the Animal Chin video? Oh no! I mean, from you mean because of Johnny Rad? Yeah, where he's the uh, <laughs> what the wall jammers, and he claims uh, that you guys sold over a hundred records, and then he says urethane, urethane, baby. Yeah, no, but people have mentioned oh. that before. Oh, really? Uh, okay, I thought I was. Yeah, it's funny. People have said that before. I thought but, I solved um, something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that was a name that I kind of had written down in um, kind of like a sketchbook. Okay. Uh, um, I actually was going to use that as for a solo project thing mm. that never happened. I was a lot of songs on my, on my eight track yeah. at home. And that was one of the names I had kind of written down in my little sketch pad notebook. And so I was in another band before urethane and we were together for about a year and didn't have a name. And that was one of the names that I threw out for band name and they weren't into it oh you man know? so yeah that's that idea and then but as soon as i got together with tim who they did not like <laughs> so i left <laughs> that uh i'm like hey what do you think about the name urethane he's like, oh, it's perfect oh that's cool <laughs> so it was just easy to that was easy to come up with because uh the the problem was with the other band was we were trying to come up with so many different band names and we'd Google it oh, and it'd be dude. like three or five bands already with that same name. Yeah. So it was just like, man, are we going to have to like just make up a word mm-hmm. that has no meaning to to have a band name? Because I mean, there's been bands for like years that yeah. have like come up with names and every everything's been used under the sun. You know? Everything so, is done, man. You just got to <laughs> either like combine some cool names together I had the dagger bats for a while and I was like, and I came up with a cool logo dagger bat, bat, the dagger bats. So it had like a dagger in the middle and then had like bat wings on the side and everyone thought that was cool, but it's like, yeah, Yeah. but I couldn't get a band together. So it's like, uh, it's just being, being 43 is impossible. No, no one has that name. So I still, I still got it. I still got it, but I, and I'm still, I'm kind of jamming with someone right now, but it's like, (laughs) <laughs> you can't get 40 year olds together to play anymore dude it's it's impossible <laughs> and then just like trying to find cool people that aren't like sketchy you know from like craigslist or something it's yeah it's bad man that's the hard part like it's yeah so yeah getting i always say that you know it doesn't matter how good you play in a band to to keep a band together it's just how well can you hang out as friends oh yeah you know? yeah you know um so you're dealing with so many different personalities so it's tough you know um you've seen you know documentaries on uh, older rock bands that that, i've watched all of them (laughs) that the groups only stay together successful you know Mm um yeah so sometimes not everybody is happy on the inside but they're producing great music on the outside yeah and it's like if i you could kind of make it work too if you don't even get along but it's like why put a i mean you're you're just putting your heart out there and then it's like if 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 everything's not going right it kind of it just weighs on you man i don't think it's healthy no to be honest yeah for, for sure catches up you know yeah. um for examples when i met um the band strung out mm-hmm. on uh 
on the warp tour. Yeah. Um, I knew that there was some tension yeah. in that end. And, you know, lo and behold, 20 years later or, you know, less than 20 years later, um, they finally part ways, but they yeah. did not like each other. The, you know, some of the guys in the band did not like each other. You know, so, you know, it's just I would I would trip off. like, how can you be in a band with yeah. the guys? Hate, you hate the guys in your band, but you're playing music with them. Like, yeah. I don't make that. Like, so I kind of feel like, well, then you're just kind of selling out because you're just doing it for the money. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I was in this you know, band called Not It for a while, and it was like, if the music wasn't so good, I got we got along pretty much too. But it was like, it's always just like little things here and there, man. And it was like really just trying to go out and play. That's all I wanted to do was after going yeah. on that tour with Last Gang, I was like, this is it, man. I've wasted enough time, like, <laughs> and now I'm doing this photo thing. Like, photography's cool and all, but it's like. What I'm I'm only there so you know like you can't yeah. you can't go on tours, you know you got to beg bands yeah. to like take you with them and that's not like bands have money to take a photographer with yeah. them you know so. Oh man, that's hard. but touring is yeah that's a touring is the best that's, man. What's up? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I said that's another cool that you came up with. Oh yeah, it was a, our singer not came up with this song called "Not It," and we were we were just like dying yeah. for whatever. Like, what are we gonna call this band, dude? And we were like, yeah. "Well, that song, Not It, is cool." And and we were like, "Oh, it's got to be taken." And then, no, uh, like, luckily enough, it wasn't taken. And then, so our logo was just it was the Bad Religion logo, except mm -hmm. it had an I in there, so it was like I T, and then like the not sign over it nice yeah it was cool man it was good and we were pretty good dude and i had high hopes that i was like maybe we can get signed to fat maybe you know we could <laughs> <laughs> try to get in there but yeah just shit happens man and i mean we're all 40 year old dudes like everyone has a family it just wasn't gonna work dude. especially because i was like i was really like trying to push it and like tour and stuff and nobody could tour <laughs> they're like 40 year olds with families like dude we can't go on tour with you you know like we have to go take our kids to school and stuff like that and i'm yeah. like yeah i get that but um yeah actually do you know danny uh warsop he's in uh he's a producer yeah. also he was in um he, he just started a band called not and he told me that he's taking the name he <laughs> i was like you could take not it if you want and he's like, no, yeah. it was like not is fine. And now he did. He's doing not with the Mercy Music guys. Oh yeah, I see yeah. that. We 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 played with them. Oh okay, okay. We played with them, we played with them at um, the bar in Long Beach. Oh, Alex's bar. Alex's bar. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw those guys from Mercy Me standing in the in the in the back area. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, yeah. oh, we're. We're playing in this band. <laughs> it's our first show. It's our first show with this producer guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. So we played with those guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. Davey's a cool yeah. dude, man. He was in um, the band called Sharp Shock for a while. Mm -hmm. He's been in some good bands, dude. But he's he's a good dude too. Another good producer. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the the not it's has a good ring to it. You know, yeah. that's a that's a good that's a cool name. And then you know, like Daggerbat. It's pretty cool. Dude, I'll, I, when I get in a band, the only thing <laughs> I'm doing is thinking of what is the coolest name ever. And that's the, it, the thing is, I have ADHD. And so, like, my brain won't shut off until I can come up with a cool name. Yeah. And it's, it's annoying because I'll just be looking, oh, the keyboards, the microphones. And yeah. it's like just constantly all day. 
and then until yeah. I come up with something cool, and then I can kind of save it, and then like, okay, I'm gonna tell the guys about this later. But it's yeah, like yeah, most yeah. of the time they hate it, <laughs> so it's like. So well, know. back to your thing. I mean, yeah. you know, it it obviously reflects on skateboarding. Yeah. Um. So that's why I chose that because um, I had I had a name I wanted to use for the older band called Power Slide. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that that'd be such a cool name for a yeah. band, Power Slide, and then. Lo and behold, there's like five other bands. There's like a reggae band, oh, a rock band, and a punk band, all called Power Slide. <laughs> it's like every name yeah, is taken. So, yeah. Well, I was tripping out when I typed in urethane and nothing came up. And I'm like, wow, no one used urethane? <laughs> yeah, you feel like you hit the jackpot, right? <laughs> You're like, well, yes. It's like you have to really be a skateboarder to really understand what that word is. Yeah. You know, it's not a very common word. That people throw around, but skateboarders know what urethane is. Yeah, it's so. a, it's in the wheels, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a tight. It's yeah. the it's a material that that skateboard wheels um, that were actually a first urethane wheel was uh, developed uh, called the Cadillac wheel in 1975 or 76. Oh wow! Uh, but before then was uh, clay wheels, steel, plastic, and rubber. Wow! Uh, and you collect skateboards too, right? You have like a whole yeah. Have yeah, so I have a yeah. 1960s skateboard collection with no urethane wheels. Oh wow! In any of them, uh, because it's pre seventy. Yeah. Um, all that I own are pre seventy. What's the coolest skateboard you own? What's your favorite? Um, you mean from the sixties or from any from any time? Like, um, I have one that is a reproduction. It's in my living room. It's a reproduction of a board that I rode in 1980 before I got my, my pro model with the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a repo um, deck that a friend made from Australia of the graphic that I refused. But all the pieces that are on the, on the board are all original from the 80s. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Deck is the only thing that's a re- reproduction, but it looks exactly... I mean, I even stickered it the same way that I have a photo of me riding the Pipeline Skate Park doing a yeah. corner air, a photo of me doing a corner air in the combi pool, and I can see the sticker lineup, and I so I found all the stickers from the 80s and, and reproduced that whole deck the way it looks exactly like it. That's crazy. Is that a black and white photo? The one that you're talking uh, referring there's to? There's black and white ones in the color. There's color photo of me as well. Yeah, there's this one really badass photo i've seen of you at uh, upland um pipeline it's black and white and it's like you're just coming out of the boulder it's like it's one of the sickest photos i've ever seen yeah that's a grant britain photo i think it's the backside bonus one that uh they you probably see at van stores all over the, the okay US. oh yeah yeah I, I mean i even went to japan and walked in a van store there and there's this huge it was blown up super huge right uh, um behind the cash register of that photo of me at Upland. Wow. And then I think the board, it, uh, I drew the faction. Uh-huh. Everyone thinks it's a sticker on the board, but that's actually done in, in um, Sharpie. Black oh, Sharpie. wow. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I can't believe I was actually, I saw you skate at the Pipeline. Actually, I don't know if I saw you skate there, but I remember that everyone was like, Steve Caballero's here. And I was so little, but I I knew who exactly who you were. We used to rent videos every weekend, 
And that's all we would do is watch videos and then go skate. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, those, those were the days, man. And it was like, you and Hasoy, who was going to do the bigger air? You know, like, it was like, they, you just don't have that really anymore. To, like, or at least for, you know, like, it was more too because like skateboard was kind of discovering what it was going to be. Mm. And, and now it's kind of has like, has like a, okay, here's, here's what it is now and this is it. But it's like more before it was like discovering like what it was. Well, it was, it was we just did so, the same thing. yeah. We did the same thing as you did before video was even around. We would just look at magazines yeah, and, and then go skateboarding. So we were influenced by that way. But, um, you know, I think Paul Peralta, I think Stacy with his um, TV and video uh, mindset, he wanted to bring skateboard into television Mm-hmm. you know sets around the world <clears throat> and the vcr so we, it kind of coincided with the, the invention of the vcr yeah uh, in homes to to record vhs tapes and he just went with it at that time and so we were able to get videos out to the public before any other company because of stacy's vision that's you know, crazy a, you know so we were there at the forefront of the video age um so and we were just doing it for fun, just kind of capturing the moments, yeah. you know. And um, in the 90s, it went from huge VHS cameras to little tiny mini mm-hmm. video. And people were videotaping each other. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter the quality. It was just getting the tricks, you know. Yeah. And that's where the 90s H Street videos came out and... Um, those were very influential, you know, because they weren't worried about produ- video production. They just wanted to get the tricks. Yeah. A lot of the tricks that they filmed, they spent days and weeks and months trying to film them when everything that we filmed on the PAL videos were tricks we already knew how to do. And we weren't sitting there for hours trying to capture one trick. It was whatever we had at that time. Yeah. That's what we gave you. And so the video age it it changed drastically and it was more about going out and filming and trying to get a trick that you probably wouldn't have ever do again. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. And then <laughs> on to the next one. But now it's kind of morphed into like, now people are doing tricks in contests there that were video tricks that mm-hmm. were be banners. Like, Oh, you're going to do that again. Yeah. Like how they got it wired. So I think the whole um, video game, Mm-hmm. era helped with that you yeah. know helped uh people get creative of what is possible on a skateboard um when it was just created digitally um you know it 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 had people's minds thinking of like well just what if i just tried that you yeah. know i know i can only on a video game but maybe if i actually did it in person <laughs> happen and now i'm i'm seeing it you know now it yeah. blows me away yeah, it's crazy to see all the crazy stuff that was happening on the Tony Hawk games and then thinking like, there's no way this could ever be done. And now people are doing those tricks. It's insane. Yeah. And at a very young age, too. Yeah. 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 Even like Nigel Houston, when he was coming up, he was just like the littlest guy, like him and his little dreadlocks, man. <laughs> but now he's this grown up dude. It's crazy to see. And if you see his video part, he puts the work in on you know, the guy. Yeah. The guy. The guy suffers a lot. Yeah. You know, he put he puts his body through a lot of pain and torture to get a trick. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. And you know, doing the stuff that he's doing, you're putting your life on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, 
putting your health on the line. And when you persevere through that and you come out a winner, you have something to show for it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's wh- where I go back to the natural talent thing. He's not, he's not naturally talented. He, he works hard. Yeah. He works you know? really hard, man. Works harder than most. Yeah. But that's the you thing um, when you're saying um, how everyone has like back in the day, everyone had nine to five jobs and you were like, this is what I do 24 seven. People don't understand like they a lot of people shit on that, you know, like, oh, you're just doing your hobby and you're just having fun. But they don't understand the grind behind that. Like you have to do this and you have to be the top at it. You have to be the best at it or you're not having this job. There's no job for like the. 200th or the or let's say 2000th best skateboarder really you know like or whatever like how there's only so many comedians in the world and there's only so many athletes like that like people don't understand like skateboarding is even less than that like like you can't be i don't know how many how many mcdonald's workers are there like in the millions you can't have in the millions of skateboarders making money like there's no way like that's it's not a thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's just it's very important to focus on a career at a very young age where mm-hmm. you don't have any much distractions. Yeah, you know, my own distraction being a pro skateboarder was school. Yeah, so yeah. I was, you know, twelve to fifteen. I was focusing on skateboarding in yeah. school. I wasn't. I didn't have to work. Yeah, you know, my work, my work was what I put into the sport. Um, you know, I think when people try to focus on a career after school, um, I think it gets tough because, you know, they got to pay, maybe they're old enough where they're moving out. They got to pay rent. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, like I said, if you, if, if you, um, groom these kids up at a young age, mm-hmm. if you have parents that are, that are business people or want to see their kids succeed, they'll offer them something that they can focus on and be good at a very young age. And that's all they focus on. And then you have the parents that can support their kids and, and, and allow to take them to these places to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot harder to do it on your own, yeah. you know? So um, it's, and, and it's hard to, to get a kid to like want to commit to something you know, there's so much out there that they're, they're confused, you know, yeah. and then, you know, and society's telling you to like, oh, you know, go to school, learn these, you know, these curriculums and go to college and spend money learning more and get a, a crazy job yeah. doing that. And, um, you know, you got, you got the pressure of parents wanting you to succeed that way that maybe that's not what the kid wants to do. You yeah. know, he wants to on something else but definitely this young kids that i see skateboarding now that are amazing at seven eight nine ten years old that are incredible they have a future in the sport you know and uh, they don't have the they don't have distractions and that helps more successful you know but then when you know when they become teenagers and you know relationships come around drugs and alcohol come around um social gatherings come around those are distractions yeah yeah work is a distraction if that's if if your hobby or your career you chose is not your work you know so you know so 
to each his own. I mean, everyone, you know, with the sport, you know, you, you yeah. have to start young. You have to start young. I feel like oh, with art, sure. you don't really have to start very young. You can be successful at that if you're around key players and key mm -hmm. people. Like, you know, I didn't start getting serious about art until 2005. Yeah. So I was already past my teens. And were, were you always drawing and making art, though, like throughout that time or? Yeah, a little bit here and there, sketchbooks here and there, but not not yeah. not for not for profit or fame okay. or anything. But obviously, I have used my fame in skateboarding to help promote the art, so that's that's yeah. definitely helped. That definitely helps. So, I mean, yeah, you. I mean, you could see a lot of artists out there that are, you know, dual things. You see a lot of uh, actors or musicians, and then they get into the art thing and they put out some art, and you're like, oh, I don't know. But your stuff is, dude, it's awesome, man. Like. It's Thanks. that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't like that doesn't make sense to me how you haven't been drawing this whole time because your stuff is so it's so it's like solid, dude. It's like it's almost like you've been to art school and like art college and all that, like to where, you know, you see some of these people put out like just some random dots on a page and you're just like that. Oh, come on, man. Well, I mean, you know, art's very subjective. You oh, know? for sure. Um, sometimes it's it's pleasing more pleasing to the eye than the next person. Yeah. So I, I you know I learned at a very quick pace that art is not something that you have to um, like. Don't be so don't take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't just just be the best you can and and just try to accomplish what you you know because there's going to be people that don't like your art. Yeah. People that love your art doesn't mean it's not good. That's it just true. means you can't please everybody. can't please everybody, and that's just kind of the same thing with music. Mm -hmm. There, are, you, know, you have to really park your ego when it comes to music because mm -hmm. there's going to be people that love your music, and there's going to be people people that hate your music. Yeah. But as human beings, we always kind of focus on the negative. You know, you can have like a, a record review of all these great record reviews and then you get one bad record review and you're like, what's that guy talking about? Yeah, it's always the negative that stands <laughs> out, you know? Yeah, and that's yeah. just because our human nature is to always be praised. Yeah. You know, and when once you learn that you can't please everybody, you'll be okay with the negative. It's not something that's nice to hear, but yeah, it's just opinion and you don't have to take it so seriously i mean because if you do then you're really worried about what that person's like is his is that one person's opinion that so that important to you that it ruins your whole day yeah is it you more know? important than the 20 other people that just praised you yeah it's it's crazy yeah. it's crazy but i mean even like i'll make a lot of facebook posts and i'll, I'll like i'll seriously i'll put like 20 positive posts and then i'll put like maybe two like really negative ones Everyone is like, oh, why are you always talking shit? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe read the other 20 ones. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's just how life is, man. It's crazy how, to, how people just glom on to the, the negative. But um, yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool. Isn't it crazy how you, like, you've created something to where kids can now go out and do that as a living? Like there, was no, there wasn't anything like that before you were around, dude. No, it was, it was, it's pretty cool. And yeah, it's crazy. I'm happy for them. You yeah. know, um, it's really great to see people experience things that I've experienced over my life. And, you know, I just hope the best for them, yeah, you know, right on, man. Uh, but, you know, 
success isn't always the best thing. You know, it brings yeah. a lot of hardships. It brings a lot of pressure. Yeah. Brings a lot of like false realities. Um, you know, and I mean, I mean, if you have the news, you know, people, social media, uh, news gets out. Yeah. I always say there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, everything that happens has happened in the past already. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, I think the most difficult thing in life is really trying to figure out what's the most important thing in your life. And is it worth it? Yeah. You know, I, I, and it, and is it worth living a long life? that's shitty or living a great life that's short, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's all about balance. I think, man, personal preference, Yeah, you know, um, we're all going to die. Yeah, that's true, man. (laughs) That's true. Just some go sooner than others. Yeah, man. You know, and what do you want to do in that, in the meantime? Yeah. You know, do you want to be influential? Do you want to be a burden? Do you want to inspire people? Do you want to be someone's headache? You know, <laughs> yeah. do you want to love on people? Do you spend most of your time hating on people? Yeah. I mean, it's a, the real thing about life is we have free choice. Mm-hmm. We have a free will. We get to choose whatever we want to do. And, and those choices can be changed in a second. Yeah. Either they're changed for you or you change them yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how uh, there's so many random things that could happen in life, dude. And it's you just got to, I mean, try to at least, you know, take it all in, take it all in, try to have live a balanced, loving life, man. And that's I mean, that's about all you can do. Yeah, because yeah. like a lot of people that are very poor, but they're super happy. Yeah, you know, they totally. have to be not having much. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of situations where there's a lot of rich people mm-hmm. that have a lot, but they worry about it because they worry about losing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you're able to let go of the stuff that you own, it doesn't own you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very tough thing as a human being to do. We all suffer from it. Yeah. You know, you work so hard to obtain something, then you don't want to lose it. it that's the same thing with people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people are afraid of losing people. Oh yeah. It's like, that's my number one fear for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, I've had you on for an hour and I I could probably talk to you for another five hours, (laughs) but, but, um, I really appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, I usually ask guests at the end, um, what their dream concert would be if they could come up with any, uh, it could be living dead. It could be like a made up scenario, um, a concert of, of their choice. And you can pick True. how many bands you want to. It could be infinite, man. It could be infinite. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, dang. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I usually ask people ahead of time, but I'm trying to do this thing where I now I'm trying to like, because now I think I feel like some people have had a little bit more time to think about it. So I'm like, oh, I want to, maybe I'll just sneak it in. <laughs> but it's a tough one, huh? Yeah, because I've pretty much gotten to see a lot of the bands that I grew up liking. Yeah, you went to a yeah. Beatles house before, right? 
Didn't you yeah. go to George Harrison's house? Harrison's house, yeah. That's insane, dude. Yeah, yeah. Beatles concert would it would would have been cool to see a Sex yeah. Pistols concert. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, shoot. I almost went to a Nirvana show. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, Dinosaur Junior was playing. Oh, Dinosaur Junior! I like. I would. Use, I'd like. I'd rather go see them <laughs> than yeah, Nirvana well, too. Well, I went to go. I went to go see them in Santa Cruz, and then yeah. I went out to with my friend who got me into the show, and I missed the opening band. And I come back, and I see a friend sitting at the bar, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, who what who opened up?" And he's like, "Oh, some band called Nirvana." Oh, I'm like, "Oh, okay. dude." I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." I didn't even know who Nirvana was and they weren't, they weren't big yet, but it would have been cool to see them. Yeah. Open up, Yeah, you know, cool. but I, I lost my chance to see them play. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, I was able to see minor threat. Okay. Wow. Play, you know, um, back in the eighties, I was able to see the original lineup of, uh, Metallica. Okay. With, Burton. So those are great shows. Um, you know, all the punk bands from the eighties, I've yeah. seen all their original lineups, not the, you know, the guys that are playing now where there's only one member in the band mm-hmm. and they call them yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> each band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, yeah. I saw the Vandals when they were the complete band. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. social D when they were the complete original band. That's crazy. You know, I saw, you know, um, Agent Orange when it was a complete band. Um, so a lot of the bands that, you know, you know, yeah, the Ramones, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. you, um, but now, you know, you get one guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw Marky Ramone play the other, like, a, like probably a year or two ago. And it was like, oh, okay. yeah, that was kind of cool. You know, it's a given. It's our age. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's our age. So, um, but it's cool that, you know, they're still able to keep the music alive and yeah. keep playing. It's cool. And I think it works easier when you're the actual singer yeah. of the band. You keep it going. Um, but, you know, I I played with Sam Hain in the faction after the Misfits broke up. Um, so it was just Glenn Danzig and his new band. Okay. Uh, we played with them. But it was really kind of cool to see uh, the Misfits, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um or 30 years later, 40 years later, actually, as almost a complete band without Robo. Yeah. You know, the dream. Yeah, yeah. So that was amazing. That was amazing to see. That's cool. You know? Yeah. Well, right on, man. I don't, I don't really, I mean, seriously, I got another million questions, but um, let's, let's get to, uh, you guys, you guys got shows coming up July 21st and 22nd, uh, the 21st in San Diego. It's actually in Vista, California. Um, yeah, booze, they're both free shows, too. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, in Irvine on the 22nd at the Hangar, the Hangar Beer. Oh, that place is awesome. So. Hangar 24. Yeah. Yeah. I love that spot, man. Um, I'll be there probably. So um, thank you. Yeah. October. Um, in October, you guys have shows with the Bouncing Souls and Anti-Flag. That's insane, dude. Yeah. That's going to be an amazing. Show. Yeah. We're excited about that. So I definitely need to get my support ready for that because we're going to be in canada for about three dates canada's tough to get into also Um, i've heard yeah without a passport yeah yeah (laughs) or if if you have a record a felony or anything yeah you're not getting even like a like tickets dude like it's i've heard a lot of a lot of horror stories from the last (laughs) gang they've been telling me (laughs) but 
Right um, on, but yeah, man. if you bring that stuff uh, to the show, I'll sign it there if you want. Okay, yeah, yeah we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, I haven't, haven't really thought it out yet. I bought the stuff. <laughs> we, we have stuff. We have a skateboard, and we're going to give away some socks. So um, cool. I, I, I'm going to make another post about that. and then Because uh, this... I'll probably uh, leave this one up for a couple weeks without doing another podcast. I think I got another Sweet. one in like two weeks, so we'll let this one marinate for a minute. <laughs> but maybe we could uh, we could do the giveaway. We could have people um, show up at the the hangar the hangar show, maybe, yeah. and then um, we can give away that stuff. Because I don't, I hate mailing stuff too, dude. It's just way easier to just give stuff away at the show. For sure. So um, and then uh, where can we find all your stuff? Um, well, I have my own personal website, mm-hmm. stevecabler.com, and I sell a lot of the items that have uh, my name associated to it with 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 the products that um, I endorse. Mm-hmm. So um, I usually end up signing everything as well, too. So that's the incentive to, for someone to come to my website and purchase uh, my new decks, socks, T-shirts, um, you name it, that we uh, – you know, we've even sold band shoes on there as well. So. Okay. We, we add things a little, little here and there to the website, but it's a place for people to come and get something signed by me that haven't, you know, that have any access to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, you guys also have stupid rad merch is putting out urethane um, gear. So go, go, check out, go check out stupid rad merch. Those guys are the best. Um, yep. I love those guys. So I would just, and, yeah, go ahead. And just as well yeah. you know we bring a lot of merch to our shows and i bring my art prints as well and try to sell my art there as well so um yeah and then yeah. you, you so do stuff with the paint everybody. the punk rock paintbrushes too right and uh yeah i mean yes. you got so much stuff going on man it's like we could have just been plugging stuff the whole time <laughs> what well, all ties in yeah together, oh yeah you know? for sure so yeah. I'm always out there trying to promote something. Yeah, and then there yeah. you have a art show. Well, I don't. Are you? I are you a part of the art show, or you just have art up at the show? Uh, the, the No Comply in L.A. I think it's um, next. It's uh, um, the twenty second, I believe. Yeah, we have a we have a show that night at yeah. Irvine. Yeah. So I'm not going to be the show. I just gave my artwork to one of my um, Tuesday night art buddies, Mark DeSalvo. Oh yeah, he's the one. He's the one who's painted the cover of the urethane album. Okay, Chasing yeah. Horizon. I have his. Um, I have one of the pulley prints. Yeah, it's, it's on my other wall. <laughs> He's a great artist, yeah. great painter. He does a lot of art. We he comes over every Tuesday night for art night, and he ended up picking my picking up my two pieces for the No Comply show. Oh, killer! So he's going to be at the No Comply show. He either will be there or he will be at our show at the hangar. Okay, cool. Yeah, so hopefully we can do the giveaway, and we'll we're gonna give away a skateboard, uh, a urethane skateboard, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it at the hangar hangar show. Well, I'll 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 have more details coming up after this. <laughs> All right, thank you. But hey, thank dude, you. thank you so much. I've been a fan for forty years, man. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah, have a great Take day. Care, God bless. Yeah. Like, have a good one, dude. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, dude, that just happened. Um, so how cool was that, dude? Um, that was Steve Caballero, everyone. Um, I've been a fan of his skateboarding for, like I said, 40 years. Um, I was very, 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 very nervous. You could tell at the start of this episode. 
<laughs> he got a little bit easier as it went on. But, um, dude, what a cool guy. Um, I can't believe he, you know, agreed to come on and talk with me, dude. He doesn't even know me. So um, really cool for that. Uh, we, got, we got a lot of cool episodes coming up very similar to this. Just cool fucking people. Um, I hope you guys check out all the uh, other episodes. We just did a cool one with Jay Bentley from Bad Religion. We just did an awesome one with Emily Davis. Uh, she's a rad musician. Go check her out. Uh, Lori Erbst was on this this season. Um, I mean, we've done so many. Bill Gibran. We're doing more comedians coming up soon. So I hope you guys will dig that. But, uh, yeah, this has been another episode. I'm going to go take a nap, dude, because that just took uh, all my life out of me. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you guys check out the next one. And uh, have a good one. For more information, including upcoming events, podcast episodes, photos from past shows, and much more, please visit thekingrock.com. Thank you for listening to The King Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever source you are listening to this on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, or others. It really helps out the podcast a lot. Thank you very much. If you don't like the King Rock Podcast, go blank yourself. And now here's a song from Urethane. The sweetest song